There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbacher. Joining me, as always, is Centauri Miner. Hello, folks. And helping us move from awareness to action this week is Rob Fulmer, the Executive Director of the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild. Welcome back, Rob. How are you doing, guys? We are doing good. Centauri, what was the worst part of, well, you know what? What was the worst part of the first half of the pandemic or, or whatever, the pandemic to this point? Oh, the worst part. Um, God, there's a lot of a lot of worst parts, but I think probably um, adjusting to fully working from home. Like my my work is completely remote, but before COVID, I could go to coffee shops, go to bars, go to wherever, and it was and still kind of is just me in my house, in my bedroom or my dining room table, and I am not equipped for that. I realize that I am not that person, so that was probably the worst part. Also, okay. I have no groceries in my house, so I didn't like food was an issue too. <laughs> Fair enough. I was pretty sure you were just going to say uh, going out to to restaurants and bars, but it turns out you had a more politically correct answer. How about you, Rob? How's uh, how's everything been? Uh, good. <laughs> I'll just say something relatable to Centauri. Uh, the uh, the situation I'm in is uh, I set up my home to be a home office, and uh, I'm actually least comfortable now at the actual office because I I uh, uh, we had to sort of uh, become a technology company to be able to communicate with our members and do the things that we normally do. And so I was all geared up to do that over the course of uh, several weeks. Now that I'm back in the office, I'm finding that I, uh, uh, I'm lacking some of the things I had at home. Um, but, uh, you know, um, I think uh, I've been telling my members that we have to be agile, resilient, and we have to make friends. And so with those three precepts, we'll, we'll, we'll endeavor on. Yeah, I certainly appreciate that. <clears throat> And yes, uh, the pandemic has has made everybody hopefully hopefully agile, agile, resilient, and certainly appreciating hopefully our our our, our friends because we probably don't get to see them quite as much. But Rob wanted to have you on today just to talk about, and we're having this conversation on uh, on June the eighth, and it's kind of like out of the frying pan into the fire for for a lot of places here in Arizona where we seem seemingly made it out of covid but now with the protest there's a lot of operators i know that that are pretty nervous about everything so just wanted to find out just get your take on on everything that we've been through maybe to this point sure um we had just um sort of completed a, a festival in the first saturday and sunday of uh, March, uh, we we did something up at Westgate, and uh, we followed up. Uh, our organization, the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild, also has a foundation, and we were the next day, Sunday, we were raising money for somebody who um, we all know in the industry uh, um, that was facing cancer, and um, there was a lot of uh, uh, news reports swirling around about. Um, uh, COVID and, and its impact. And, uh, I remember, um, <clears throat> about that time that we, 
had heard reports about the NBA canceling their their season and uh, spring training being canceled and just that whole week of cancellations. And uh, we sort of pulled the plug on the office. We're not um, we're not an organization that requires an office. It was kind of a a home base. Uh, it was taking us from you know uh, a smaller organization and having more of a presence and wasn't required. So you know we started working on a house. Um, and then, you know, that week and weeks following, it had been a series of um, starting with, uh, uh, you know, understanding that there might be some restrictions on our industry and our business and um, us sort of hearing about that through um, our industry associates and uh, our relationships in government. And uh, it would be um sort of networking and, and um, lobbying to make sure that our 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 needs of our businesses were going to be understood and, and with our suggestions on how um, we could best take the, the national CDC guidelines and uh, some of the direction coming from um, those larger organizations and uh, and then just sort of <clears throat> hoping that they would be heard and um, Usually that's a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday thing. It's a Tuesday, uh, Monday, Tuesday. We're sort of sorting all that out, and we're getting our messaging out there, and we're talking to the right folks. Um, Tuesday there'd be a press conference uh, with the governor, or in a, a lot of cases, it'd be a, a you know a, a city or a, or a county, and they would talk about to the public what generally is going to happen. And there's no policy in there. There's no well, there's policy, but there's no there's no guidance. There's no um, uh, legally mandated things in there, and uh, you know the next day is, is sorting through that, and then getting the, uh, the on Thursday. Uh, there's pressure for those agencies, uh, be it the liquor department or the health uh, um, department or um, uh, local law enforcement, to have their um, interpretations and their guidance committed to paper, and and so you've got an executive order and several uh, guidance papers and and then we check those all off and, and make sure that um, our our goals were accomplished and then how do we sort of um, notify our members on how to how the how the way they can adjust their practices and how we can guide them so um, you know that was literally the case through March April May <laughs> yeah. and uh, we thought we were sort of through the woods and the uh, um, the um, the Black Lives Matter movement came along and um, and, and and spotlighted some things that uh, that needs to be uh, addressed and um, you know we had the we had the uh, uh, curfews uh, which you know in the long run um, legally didn't didn't affect us uh, a lot of people didn't understand and it took us a while to sort of wade through the uh, the governor's executive order. Um, there was not any specific guidance from any uh, agencies after that. Um, we should have uh, understood it, uh, but we, we it took us a while to process that we could be open as, as businesses and people could patronize us. But there are a lot of uh, organizations and um, restaurants and bars and breweries that decided to take to, to follow those uh, curfews just so they knew their employees would be, um, you know, able to feel comfortable going home after their shifts were ended. So that's kind of where we are right now. And I guess those expired. So we're in a new spot right now. 
Rob, I'm um, I'm curious to know what what were some of your stakeholders or I guess members during COVID? What, was there any pushback? I, I realized that for everyone, it was kind of a place of uncertainty and not knowing how far to go, what you should do. But what did you hear from your members about um, how much they supported shutting everything down, how much they were going to be affected? I'm curious to know some of those stories and anecdotes. Sure. I, I think um, across the board, um, um, you know, our organizations and, and businesses, uh, breweries, um, they're, um, a lot of them are, are science-based. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we shared the concern. A lot of these uh, places are hubs of the community. And, and uh, we, we, we sort of hang our trade on the fact that we understand neighborhoods and, and we want to be seen as leaders and we want to see it as connectors of, of things. And um, so there's definitely the concern that this is a problem at the same time. Um, you know, uh, they wanted to make sure that they took care of their staff. And the only way you can take care of your staff is, is to be open. So there was a tension for sure. Um, I, I think a lot of them rolled with it when, Hey, we're going to shut down. But, um, some of the things that we had, uh, asked for because we knew that there was going to be a shutdown of on-premise um, consumption, on-premise drinking, uh, visiting breweries that um, we could do to go and curbside. And uh, uh, I think a lot of our breweries, again, were agile. Um, with that, um, you know, there wasn't that much pushback and like, hey, we don't have to follow this. This is um, that, that was that was not my experience with our breweries um so um it, it was more in the mechanics of it uh and and then you know the question of what will be the indicators that we can uh that will will signal success um that will signal um that we can sort of change or uh, you know offer these um one of the things that we talked about um is that we are kind of like restaurants in a lot of cases uh in some cases consumers if they didn't know anything about the, the the place they were going to they wouldn't know that it's a brewery they would just assume it's a restaurant because it has that front of the house look and if they weren't really interested in beer they might not even know it's a brewery on the flip side uh we've got some breweries that are completely uh manufacturing and they might occasionally have a tap room open or you know they have a small place you know that you can that that looks like more like a bar so uh and we've got Places all over the state, large and small, some breweries that were as small as a tabletop in terms of production of breweries. I mean, a three-vessel uh, three uh, Sabco system that's usually kegs to brew beer. We have one of those breweries in uh, far, far northern Arizona. And uh, we've got places that look – you wouldn't know if they were making uh, – um, uh, uh, you wouldn't know what they're making. It's at such an industrial scale. So we felt like – um, part of it should be that, that the government should recognize that we are able to write our own plans and um, and maintain social distancing and, and we definitely have come from a place of using uh, PPE, the personal protection equipment um, and are adept at writing um, uh, procedures following procedures so more so than a restaurant, uh, standard operating procedures are part and parcel of, of, of a successful brewery. So um, that's the uh, that's the approach that we took, and it's the one that uh, seemed to be 
supported by the governor and uh, eventually some of the municipalities and, and the counties. Nice. So the standard operating procedures, those are, so I, I, from, from what you were just saying, is it fair to say that, that, that a brewery has more, more set up processes than a lot of restaurants do? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, I think it just comes from the, the brew house experience. Um, uh, certainly there are uh, restaurants and especially maybe chains that have procedures that are written sure. down, but um, you know, a lot of ours are based on, um, uh, yeah, if someone, if, if a single employee of a front of a house restaurant doesn't follow the, the procedures for uh, certain things, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. But if, if on the other side, uh, in a brewery side, you're talking about injuries, you, you're talking about potential fatalities and, and, um, you're also talking about product wastage. Uh, if somebody, you know, doesn't properly sanitize a clamp, you know, so yeah. there's a lot more at stake and I think that's the culture. Fair enough. Have, have, have you lost any members through this? Um, so far, um, I don't think we have, um, you can imagine it's not the first thing that people do is like, Hey, we're going out of business. Let's call Rob up. Right. Um, um, I don't know that anyone's, um, boarded up the windows and, uh, has equipment, uh, leaving the premise um as far as i know we're, we're still uh there was some early reports about if this went for three months which i think we're about at 50 percent of the businesses will close i think part of that was twofold one one is um it's not a common question to get hey uh you know what would happen if you went three months without any income <laughs> at all <laughs> Right. Um, your, your, your forecast might be pretty doom and gloom because like nobody really has to make those kinds of, um, forecasts. Um, you know, the second thing is I think, um, and I, I think this extends across the entire service industry. We're just not prepared to, to let our employees go. Um, and I think that's what had to happen. That's what's happened. So when I say that no one's closed their doors, that's, 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 that's one version. The other version is, you know, somebody who had uh, 30, 40, 60 employees, they might be down to four people or two people. Um, so by that measure, are they closed? <laughs> yeah. They sort of right. effectively. And, and if, if you look at the scope of what they do for the community and uh, how many people they service and all that stuff, yeah, they're effectively closed. Uh, but are they still uh, able to produce beer and have it available for limited pickups? They're still open. So top line. So Rob, top line. Um, looking at all your members and the organizations and restaurants and um, breweries that they represent, do you have off the top of your head the economic impact? How much is lost in these three months? Uh, I do not. Um, I mean, all all craft beer in the state last year in 2019. Uh, so that includes out of state. Uh, the economic impact was $1.147 billion. Um, you know, if you, if you, if you consider that, you know, um, most breweries are anywhere from 10% to maybe 50% of their business right now. I mean, I don't know if you could average that out across three months, it'd probably be something like 25%. Um, that that's a figure. Um, most out of state breweries have 
uh, because they don't have the ability to go or, or curbside, uh, that, that on-premise business that they would sell is completely gone or was completely gone. It's starting to slowly come back. Um, it's, it's pretty hefty, but I don't want to, um, I don't, when I mention that figure now, I have to say, and this is the reason why I think we've been successful in getting, uh, the best options for our breweries is, uh, we've worked with the restaurant association and, and so our 1.147 billion is, is pilly when you consider there's 5 billion alone in, in restaurant, uh, salaries. So, oh. um, we had to find common ground with the restaurants and, uh, I would say that the Arizona Restaurant Association has done um, what uh, needed to happen to get the best opportunity for all restaurants. And so, um, you know, I mentioned uh, having the biggest challenge and the biggest heartbreak is letting our, our front of the house people go and some of our key employees go. Um, that is what the Restaurant Association went through times five. Um, so, and, 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 um, um, we owe a lot to them for what they've done. And, and, and so we continue to stand by the restaurant association on that. Yeah. I appreciate that. I think I was listening to uh, the Joe Rogan podcast recently and they were talking about how there's 11 million people that, that, that work in the restaurant service industry. And that's the second largest employer behind i think that they said just just the pentagon or something like that so it's so many people are are, are impacted by this so it's crazy well, sure sure and and, and uh they, you know they had um th- there was some uh, assistance for uh uh people out of work uh but it, it was it was not i mean it, it's great that those people can get those benefits but it wasn't really designed around service industry especially here in arizona because um you know, uh, when we needed people back, they were still on um, those um, very key uh, employee assistance programs. So we're struggling through that right now. Um, they changed uh, the PPP formula, formulation. Uh, it used to be 75% had to be spent on, on, on uh, wages, and then it's been knocked down to 60, and there's been a, a longer period to, to bring those people up, up to speed. Um, but the way it was originally written, uh, there was no incentive for people to come off, and there was uh, businesses that had gotten PPP loans, and they had to spend the money on salary. And 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 so, um, I think they've fixed it a little bit. Um, we'll see it. We'll see that the, the policies that helped everybody. Um, there's no reason to believe that the work is done. There's there's probably a lot more tweaking to go. Yeah, appreciate that. So for people who are listening, how, how, how can they be supportive if they're interested in obviously going to, to, to these places once they're open, but are, are there other ways? Are there, should they be reaching out to elected officials? How, 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 how can people help? I, I think uh, it would be great if we could say, hey, this is exactly what you need to do. Here's where you need to put your email. And um, I think we'll get to that point. Um, the answers, I, I don't know that we have those answers yet. Um, I, I think uh, just being aware of, of organizations like the Restaurant Association and our, our organization, the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild. Um, I am now a board member of the Arizona Wine Growers Association. Um, there's the Arizona um, um, Distillers Guild. 
there are organizations that are looking after the interests of dozens and dozens of businesses. And I think if you're on social media, it, it pays to just, you know, uh, type those names in and, and follow those organizations because there will be things that we will ask for. I think um, right now, um, if you do not feel comfortable going to a restaurant or a bar or a brewery or a winery, distillery, uh, I think that's great. Um, can you get curbside pickup? A lot of cases you can. Can you buy gift certificates? I think a lot of times you can. Um, you know, um, we want you to come back when you feel comfortable. I don't, I don't, uh, you know, um, we, um, if there were a, a vaccine around the corner, I think the argument would be different. I think a lot of us would be willing to shut down a lot longer uh, and, and, and keep our exposure low. But we just don't know if this is an 18-month proposition from this very day or two years or, or what. Um, segments of our, our our industry have to keep moving um, or, or, or we'll lose them completely. So, um, you know, back to the original proposition, we are here to um, make sure that uh, our health system isn't overwhelmed. Um, and so I've been telling our members, like, we need to be prepared to travel this back to you if that's what it takes. Um, but, um, uh, our, our organization is built on, on people who are entrepreneurs. Um, you know, to some degree they're, they're, uh, really adopters and, and, um, it'd be, it'd be hard for me to, to sort of throttle them back, but, um, the best thing you do is, is, is follow our organizations. And um, people ask me, hey, are there breweries that really need our help? And, I, you know, I don't know. Um, but what I'd say is in the last five years, if you've been out in the scene or if you've noticed there's a brewery in your neighborhood, um, I would start with the one in your neighborhood because that one is going to make the most impact in your life. Um, I'm, in a, I'm in a part of Tempe that uh, – you know, didn't have a brewery within walking distance um, for most people. Um, but now I have one w within a half mile, and so that's where I start. I start with the one closest to me. Um, arguably, uh, people would say, well, there's better ones that are a little bit down the road. I'm not going to make that argument. I'm going to say, hey, it starts with people in my neighborhood, and it works outwards. So, um, And I would say that with, with restaurants and bars, too. Um, support the ones that made the most difference in your life in terms of not having a drive um, and who feel like they're contributing to your neighborhood and uh, ultimately your your quality of life. Start with those people. Amen. <laughs> I think that that's excellent advice and for for really every aspect of of our lives is support the support the ones that are closest to us. Tend to the part of the garden that you can touch. So I think that's great. Satari, what have we forgotten to talk about? Uh, just uh, coming off that last comment, is there on your website a way for folks to find out what's the nearest brewery to them? Um, there is. It's, uh, if you go to ChooseAZBrews.com, you can go to, to uh, um, the brewery section. Um, it will give you them by, you know, by region north, central, or south in Arizona. But I'll tell you, um, um, you know, the, hey, Google, what's my closest brewery? Um that actually works pretty well. And um, interestingly enough, um, our uh, Brewers Association, our national organization, uh, the uh, chief economist, Bart Watson, 
uh, he's used that indicator. It's a proxy for sales. If people are asking for that, then we know there are a certain amount of sales association associated with that query. Um, that went way down during this COVID-19 situation. And we use it as a benchmark for how much sales we thought, along with things like open table. Um, so those are indicators for us to project. So the, the, hey, Google, where's my brewery, closest brewery, works really well for all of us. It's an example of using technology for good instead of evil right there. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's solid. All right, Rob. So it's it's chooseazbrews.com? Correct. Excellent. Any closing thoughts, sir? <laughs> Everybody asks me that, and I know I, I, I at this point of the uh, conversation, I say, man, I talked a lot. Did, I, did they even ask me one <laughs> question or two? <laughs> I, I, think we, I think we've covered it. Um, I, I would say uh, um, when I say follow on with our organizations, um, uh, in talking to people across, across the country who are in my position, um, because we shut down the legislature here and all liquor laws are state, uh, all the important ones are, are based in the state level more or less, um, there is going to be a backlog of legislation. We had one of our largest uh, field of, of liquor bills uh, come up in 2020 and, and a legislature shut down without passing a single one. Um, there are issues where the wineries need to grow. And so I would tell you that this is a easily five-year proposition of sorting this out. There's a lot of, of uh, uh, easing of restrictions that maybe you as a consumer are really happy about in, in terms of like restaurants being able to deliver uh, liquor um, or provide it to go, um, things like that. If those are important, you just keep those in mind. And when we make the ask, and that's the time that we will ask you to write to your legislator. Um, so in the meantime, um, you can you can find out who your legislators are. Um, that's another Google one. Who are my legislators? Nice. Um, and you'll be directed to a site that will tell you everything down to the to your uh, where where to vote, uh, who who your 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 state and federal representatives and senators are, and um, county board of supervisors. Those are becoming up more and more uh, as as uh, uh, health and health and safety come up. Uh, counties have gotten involved, so that was another week for Rob to figure out different county regulations. Mm. <laughs> so um, don't take your eye off the ball once this uh, uh, hopefully goes away sooner than later. There's a lot of work to be done moving forward in the next five years, 10 years even. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I certainly appreciate that. Centauri, are you committed to the cause? I am committed to many causes, but especially this one. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I love it. All right. Well, thanks again, Rob. Hey, no problem. Talk to you soon. And thanks, as always, for listening. Go to chooseazbrews.com. Google. Hey, Google, head to where is my closest and my nearest brewery and walk on over there. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding 
how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.